0: Welcome to 1001 Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Howdy, Ben. Hey, Nick. How's it going? doing all right. about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I would love to talk about There is a Bird on Your Head by Mo Willems. Uh, not as much
1: as I do, probably. Um, <laughs> I, I think I might like this one a little bit uh, more than you do. So tell me. <laughs>
0: Hit me. It's definitely possible. Yeah. I, uh, I, have an in- I feel like I have an interesting relationship with Mo Willems books, which is I, I, they're obviously super popular. And I think for good reason, like I think I can kind of intellectually understand why they're so popular and why there's so much acclaim. But personally, I don't quite get it and my kids don't seem to quite get it either. So I would like to pick your brain about the genius of of Mo Willems. Um, I'm I'm very open to being convinced. And I I will say that the more I read of him, the more I enjoy him, um, his books. But let's start with um, the book that we're kind of most familiar with, which is and I think is pretty um, representative of him, which is there's a bird on your head. Right. So what do you what do you love about about there's a bird on your head in particular?
1: Um, so I think uh, my household is also a little divided on, on the subject of of his work um, aesthetically. Chelsea f- finds his books mildly off putting. I think just just the way that they are drawn. Um, and uh, but one of the things that interests me the most about them is, kind of tonally, I, I think they're pretty interesting, and it's it's a hard thing to pin down. Um, I, Mo Williams is 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 a great uh, sassy author, which I think is a, a harder thing to do than I would have guessed, maybe a few years ago before being exposed to so many children's book authors who thought they were sassy authors or who tried to pull it off and then they just end up having a lot of rude characters that are are, are just examples of I don't un- unpleasant people being mean to each other which I don't know we're we're already civility is already something that we're trying to establish in the house. And so we've got, we've, we've got enough of that already. We don't need, we we don't need too much pushback. I'm all for having like spirited kids and spirited characters, but I thought that's, that's one place which my, which my kids are already pretty, pretty equipped. Um, But it's actually kind of a hard thing to get, uh, totally to to get that sort of, we're all in on the joke together. And, and there's teasing, like teasing is a much harder thing than I, to do than I then yeah. I realized to, like, sort of gentle teasing, without one person bullying the other, and it's and it's and it's hard to know. And so characters that are represented that I think um, M- Mo has a real feel for that, and maybe some people don't think that, and that's why they dislike him. But I don't know. Whenever we read this with the kids, like the the the, the situation in uh, there's a in my head is that a bird lands on there's two characters elephant and and piggy and a bird lands on elephant's head and starts nesting and he's he he can't see what's on his head so he requires piggy to give a play-by-play and he's distressed because i don't know it's kind of uncomfortable having a bird nest on your head but, (laughs) but piggy is clearly amused and and kids i feel like my kids are always kind of amused like i can I can see why he wouldn't like that but I can also see why it's funny and why Piggy would think it's sort of endearing that, you know, birds are laying eggs <laughs> on his friend's head and hatching and mm-hmm. um they're lovebirds. I mean and and, and that I kind of toggling back and forth between perspectives. I think he does a good
0: job at that. Do
1: do you do you get a sense for that at all or
0: Yeah, I I immediately go to like a, I mean I think you're right. Like that is definitely what I I feel, and that's that's one of the things I really admire about um, his books, the ones I've read anyway, is that that exact ability to kind of pull off teasing and yeah, and sassiness maybe. Um, but I I do wonder about it from my kids' perspective. So the, the thing that would they they enjoy this, they always have fun when we read it, like they laugh out loud. Um, but what I can't the, the experiment the like experimental design problem that I can't uh, quite disentangle is are they laughing because the book is so theatrical or because they get, because they relate to that sort of like teasing dynamic. And I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know. Like how well do you think you're Jack is what? Like three and a half. Yeah. Okay. So do, how well do you think he understands like the concept of teasing and sassiness? That's a hard question, but
1: yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know. And cause he, and it's also tricky because sometimes he likes being teased and he can sort of enter into the spirit of it. And sometimes what, what feels to me like very playful teasing. Um, he, he it really like when it's just the two of us sort of going back and forth, he, he's, he's clearly not, I don't know if he's just not in the mood for it or he's changing somewhere or, or there's like some development of that I understand. And then it's like, I, then it's obviously not all of a sudden not fun and games for him. So it's, it, it's a, it's a tricky dynamic to pin down. I mean, Yeah, I think part of it is the theatricality. I mean, just somebody having uh, a bird's nest on their head, that's kind of a goofy thing. Like, do your – how – part of it maybe is how well children are able to empathize. Like, I don't – It's in some ways it's still – like, how do your – when – how do your girls feel about you when you endure some kind of frustration? So Jack still sometimes laughs if, if I fall or, or if something happens, even if, mm-hmm. even if I'm clearly upset, he doesn't always have, uh, uh, he doesn't always register that, you know, this isn't some sort of, uh, like slapstick episode, right. But it's, uh, I, I really wish I hadn't stubbed my toe or, <laughs> or, 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 <laughs> right. or walked into a wall <laughs> or something like that. Um, but then other times yeah, I see the same thing, but but, oh, but other ahead. times, like I have, I have some like chronic back problems. And so other times he'll notice that I'm kind of stiff and he'll come over and kind of run my back and say, dad, is your back? Okay. And it seems to have a real concern, but you know, I, I don't know how he separates those things out. And also sometimes when he, like he feels when he's hurt, he feels it very deeply, but I don't know if he can, how, he, if he can kind of extend that to when I, Stub my toe if you can remember when, you know, if 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 he, if he stubbed his toe that same day and then I stub my toe, if if it changes how he feels, but how do how do your kids handle that? Yeah,
0: I definitely pers- for, for me the situation is more often like I I say something in like a playful, frustrated way, like, oh great, you know, something like that. And my girls are like, what's wrong? Um, so, so I think, but it's a similar thing of trying to like the, the sort of developmental psychology of irony, like kids learning that, like, you can say one thing and mean something different. Um, and so mostly in real life, I feel like often when I'm teasing or kind of joking or, or somehow being ironic in the, in the big sense of the word, there's, there's a moment of them trying to distinguish Like, is this just pure silliness, which I think they get, like they have, they have a template for that, like when dad's being silly, but there's often this, like, I can see the wheels turning, like them trying to parse out what's going on here. Like, it seems like there's two different things happening here and I'm not exactly sure what it is. So what that makes me think of in, in real life, if they're, if they have to be kind of effortful with understanding, um, irony, how much of that are they getting in the book? Like how much of their enjoyment of the book is because they're like, oh yeah, I've been in that situation before. That is kind of funny. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's kind of a to some extent probably because they're clear, this is something they're clearly kind of working out. But is it? Are they getting it? Obviously, they're not getting it like adults get it, like how clever it is and right. sort of witty it is. Um, so I yeah I don't like do your do your kids? How much do your kids enjoy this book? I mean, would you say
1: they're not uh, they they enjoy it every time uh that we that we do it um, and they, they definitely find the the setup they really relish the setup um one thing that I think is helpful is the fact that uh piggy so mo- almost the entire book is the the bird slowly building the nest and raising a family on the elephant's head and the elephant not being pleased with it and the pig sort of smirking at his friend's discomfort but then there's a turnabout, and then eventually, the birds leave, and they go onto the pig's head, and then you see his facial expression, like, because he, he's the one that's responsible for removing them. But then he brought them onto his own head, and so now he now he's the one in in that uncomfortable situation. And they get right. they get that they they get that that's funny that like mm-hmm. that like the reversal the, of fortune. The, the reversal thing. of fortune is funny, and I think yep. part of it is um, because Piggy all along has been has been sort of teasing the elephant they know that the stakes aren't that serious so it's okay to sort of find like piggy's sort of a stand-in for them throughout the book and it's okay for them to find the elephant funny so maybe they're they're not really sympathizing with uh, the elephant and that man it'd be crazy to have uh the a, a bird's nest on my head they're really like in, in the shoes of piggy thinking man isn't it isn't it kind of a funny thing that my friend has a bird's nest on on his head and then at the very end there's this switch maybe they've just been in seeing things from piggy's perspective long enough when the bird's nest is on piggy's head and there is that reversal of fortune i feel like that carries them along with it and they kind of get it
0: right, okay, right.
1: oh yeah now i haven't spoken but but i'm, I'm now, now I have to think through what it'd be like for it to be on my head in a way that maybe they weren't thinking about, you know, just, just looking at it off. And, and that, that's kind of a, that, that's being able to shift perspective like that is a really valuable life lesson. So like,
0: yeah, I mean, totally. I,
1: I, even if they're not, they don't totally get it. I think this gives them a chance to practice it. Um, right. But the other, the other book that maybe we're even more familiar um, and Mo Willems is, is uh, pigeon takes a bath. And mm-hmm. I don't think that they like, which is just a pigeon, spends the entire book resisting taking a bath. And then eventually he's coaxed into it. And it's kind of a green eggs and ham situation. It turns out he loves a bath and you can't get him out of the bathtub. (laughs) And as a parent, I've noticed that uh, visitors and other parents love reading this book because it allows them to work through some of their feelings of frustration where clearly this pigeon child is being very unreasonable in terms of taking a bath. And then sure enough, they do love it. And then they have to be talked out of the bath. (laughs) So it's like, I I can't, I I can't believe it. Um, And the, the, the the kids, Jack, I feel like doesn't get that one as much. Like he, he's just like, yeah, I guess, you know, the the pigeon hated it naturally. And that was a reasonable response. And then was dragged sort of kicking and screaming, which, and that's makes sense. And then, yeah, it turns out the pigeon loved it. And there's no, like, there's no, like admit, like I was wrong or like you knew better all along. She's like, yeah, I guess it turned out the bath was fine. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so right.
0: <laughs> so I, yeah, and I, it's, but all of this seems kind of the the books seem like overly conceptual to me. And what I mean by that is like the maybe, and I don't I don't want to speak for your wife, but the the illustrations are kind of decontextualized, right? They're they're yeah. very like simple line drawings. There's no background. All right, there's little like text bubbles for the dialogue and then just the characters basically is is almost all there is and I, I feel like that's a little bit like that's representative of the story as a whole which is that it's it's this sort of like clever skit that's put on yeah but there isn't really much there's no, not much like story or background and the the characters like don't feel like full characters in in a way in which even a like to me the natural comparison to this book is Olivia. Yeah. And Olivia oh, yeah, is yeah. it's similarly minimalist and it's it's about the same size and length and like not not a ton happens plot wise, but there's so much more to the character of Olivia, it feels like to me. like she feels like a human girl. Yeah, that's in, in the way in which fair. neither of these characters feel yeah, like this, people. Both
1: these me. books feel a lot like that that situation in which Olivia doesn't take the nap, but she's but, right or maybe she does but of course like it's like of course she wasn't tired but of but as an adult you're thinking of course she is tired just like you're thinking the pigeon isn't gonna take a bath because the pigeon doesn't need to take a bath but of course the pigeon needs to take a bath the pigeon is filthy you know so, <laughs> right yeah sometimes i will say that the illustrations sometimes do feel to me a little bit like uh the kind of uh illustrative prop that you might find in like a fun uh not textbook or how but sort of a more academic type book where it's like, no, let's break down geometry with the help of our friends, you know, the pigeon or elephant and piggy. And you know, there's like some yeah. little cartoon that sort of explains, I don't know, like quadratic equations <laughs> or, or, or something <laughs> like that. or uh, the Pythagorean theorem. And then it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's a funny little caption that, you know, that, that breaks up all the dull text and ex- explains a concept. So in that way,
0: yeah, I can, right. I can see that. Um, but I think it's hard with a children's book. It's hard to go minimal on character, on plot, and on aesthetic and just rely on concept. Like that, That it seems like a bridge too far for me.
1: Yeah. Okay. But so here's, <laughs> okay, uh, that, that that's a fair point. But I think um, part of it is he is very committed to the concept. He really hits you over the head sure. with it. Like the whole, the, you know, the... If there, when there is, before you get to that turnabout or change in perspective, there are so many instances of either the pigeon not wanting to take a bath or further developments with the nest. And it it really goes on like, and so in some ways it seems like it's more interesting for adults, but the pacing is, is for children. So that's why maybe it has to be kind of funny for adults, for the adults to put up with like him belaboring this point over and over and over again and then there's some clever stuff you know for the reader along the way and and that adds to the over the topness you know how theatrical is they it? It just keeps on going and going and going and so um maybe the maybe it's kind of hard for it is conceptual but you definitely the kids i feel like know that there's a point being made even if they don't entire entirely get it maybe the first time around or something they know that it's just like when you're I don't know when somebody puts on a skit, like at a, I don't know, like a, uh, a youth group, some kind of youth group camp or in some kind of uh, like professional workshop or something like that, you know, they're, they're going to be making a point about synergy <laughs> or, or something. So you're prepped, <laughs> in it, but if but then you don't mind it. If, if the trade-off is that it's, that it's engaging and, and clever along the way, Like he, it, it's very conceptual. And, and there's, but it, but it doesn't feel preachy and it doesn't feel heavy-handed even though it kind of is
0: no i i agree with that it does not feel preachy or heavy-handed i think my what what sort of rubs me the wrong way is that it's usually in in my experience and maybe this is the problem my problem is that i'm 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 doing a lot of unfair comparisons with this book but <laughs> like, <laughs> um, for, you know it, it's, it's it's shorter than moby dick and i just <laughs> i just feel like <laughs> characters aren't quite as uh <laughs> <That's>, rounded <laughs> that's right. um no but it, it's it seems like with most children's books that i really um love and, and relate to there there often is a concept or like a message but it's very clearly secondary to the story or the character um and or even like something like journey where it's secondary to like the world um but it, it feels strange and i think this is the thing that kind of I, I has kind of bugged me or... I don't know. It doesn't upset me, but I, I just can't figure it out, which is that it's putting concept front and center with, which is just a weird move for children's books in my experience. And I think that's what I'm just kind of like grappling to sort of come to terms with.
1: Yeah, but the concept in some ways is about character development. Like it's just kind of like saying that Pixar movie Inside Out, that's just too heavy on concept. But actually the concept that, that is like... That is the development, in, in their case, in a very literal way, the development of these kind of emotional facets of, of, of the girl's brain. And in this one, like, the concept, so Piggy and the, the, Piggy and the Elephant are pretty flat characters, uh, and, and so is the pigeon, but you do see, they're, they're not entirely flat, and that you do see two, like, there is that flip or that change of perspective and there's also the way in which they kind of encounter that and does like are they are they penitent do they how do they acknowledge the fact that there was this big change i don't know that that kind of that kind of switch flipping i think is just really interesting for kids especially because things seem so binary and it kind of explore that explores that space where now you feel one way but then the next way you feel completely different and how do you reconcile the t- – I mean, I think that's that's at work there, and so and that's happening with the character. So I think that's that's something,
0: right? And it's okay. So that's really interesting that you brought up Inside Out because I was thinking about that as I as I was reading this and kind of preparing for this, in that in- Inside Out is one of my, it I don't know how to put it. I love like I love the concept of Inside Out, and I think they they use the story as a really good vehicle to, to get at a really good concept. I don't think it works really well as a story oh, though. Oh, oh man. Compared to other Pixar movies. Oh, it's like I, it's,
1: so do you, but do you, and you think that's because like, you think it doesn't work as a story? Is that, is that the English major in you talking or is that the, the psychologist or does it flunk? flunk no, that's just miles? like the, the,
0: the me, like the person watching the movie, like just like trying to enjoy a movie. It doesn't like, it doesn't, grip me narratively like most pixar movies do it, it's too like it's too high concept for me which which is not something i complain of. like i love it like the concept is awesome especially as a psychologist it's <laughs> i like recommend it as homework for my clients <laughs> um <laughs> but it to me it, feel, it feels like they they drop the ball in this like the story element because the concept was too high and sort of like detracted from the story maybe maybe that's just me i don't i don't maybe i'm reading too much into it um, But it, it's interesting that we both kind of singled out. Yeah, that's, out. Well, and maybe it's, um,
1: maybe it's also I think because maybe we both disagree about Inside Out. Like I think it's very captivating, just as a story and a narrative,
0: just as a story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
1: and, and I, I, don't, I I don't I don't know if the if the psychology of it checks out at all. So like I'm, I'm just.
0: <laughs> well, and I, I, my point could be wrong. I'm, I'm doing a little real time research, and it it is at least according to this website. It, the ranking of of top grossing Pixar movies are Incredibles two, Toy Story four, Toy Story three, Finding Dory, Finding Nemo, then Inside Out. So it's in the top ten. Yeah, there's there's a lot of. But I mean, I don't know so, if, that's,
1: if that's the most resonant. I mean, movies. I mean, we don't we don't even have to get into like box office dis- <laughs> discussions. I mean, <laughs> well, if that's a rough but, proxy but, yeah, for popularity, yeah, but, but, it, but it clearly didn't. I mean, it it, it it yeah it it wasn't like it was a a bust and people were like I don't I don't get right. it I don't like it right like I don't, I took my seven-year-old to it and we both walked around like, what was that? <laughs> you know, so.
0: Yeah, so the, the the lesson being, like, you can go pretty high concept and it doesn't seem to deter, w- which again, goes back to Mo Willems. Like obviously the same thing is happening. He's going super high con- concept and it, it doesn't, it certainly doesn't seem to be hurting his like revenue numbers or overall popularity. Um, so it's, it's probably more just a quirk in me that I, it's, it's too, like when you, when it's mostly about concept um and again not that it's not about character development like there are character development, there is like plot there um but i guess i'm sort of, i'm just sort of realizing i'm i'm figuring out my own taste <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah I don't, so it's it's i'd just say it's a little high concept for me but maybe it's going to take more you know if, if you i feel like what i'm doing to mo willems is like if you took someone and you said Okay, here's one or two random Dr. Seuss books. Yeah, what do you think of Dr. He Seuss? It really reminds like, me of I Dr. A- Seuss.
1: Once again, obviously the it gets the, the pigeon taking about this. so the plot wise, it's it's kind of a not a ripoff, but it's it's very similar to Green Eggs and Ham. But yeah, he really reminds. I mean, it's not as rhymy, and so it doesn't have kind of the the in some ways the narrative drive, but that kind of like it, it has kind of a similar sense of absurdity too.
0: That's true, but I I just don't enjoy the languages. I, I think even besides the rhymy kind of cadence of Dr. Seuss, that there seems to be a lot more like passion instilled in the, the language itself in, in Dr. Seuss generally than in Mo Wilms. But, it, but again, maybe that's cause, just because I haven't read enough. So we'll have to, will have to reread the whole canon and then that's, we'll, that's we'll right. revisit yeah. this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of them, right? Like yeah. how many Mo Wilms books are yeah. there?
1: Well, I mean, in terms of if people like, uh, People like him, clearly they do. So like inside out Emma Williams, like they're, they're doing fine. (laughs) Hey everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of a thousand and one good nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.